All right, I spent so long talking earlier that, you know, for almost 30 minutes that this is going to be a little longer than I had expected, but um, I want to cram everything into it. Um, So, yeah, after being kind of told about professionalism and all that kind of thing, um, you know, it's kind of interesting, too, that, like, um, being being a black person and I would say uh um people who are in the Latinx Latino Latina communities uh understand this too there is I don't know how to how to explain necessarily okay how do I put this into words there's kind of more of a like even in the queer spaces, there's more of like a, a mask kind of like say if you're more mask presenting the stem and more androgynous type categories um I wouldn't say they're not as accepted in black and Latinx communities, but they're looked at a little bit differently. The reason why I say that is like, um, you know, in, in, you know, queer culture, when you look at, you know, people of color in those groups, a lot of times you see a different there's a different dynamic between the masculinity, the femininity. Um, Like, for example, if you look at, I mean, I don't really want to make it like a racial thing, but it kind of is like just community wise. It is like, for example, okay, I'll just give an example because it's easier for me to give examples of my own self. Um, When I'm in, uh, queer spaces with with Caucasian individuals, I feel less obligation to have specific like gender roles. Um, like if I'm out on a date or bring a date around my friends, I don't feel certain pressures that I would feel if I was with black, Latino, you know, Asian people you know I feel a little different um during those times um so that's one thing that I notice is how different I feel and um like for example I think you know it's like expected to have more of a like a hard mask kind of energy um and I think it is it does stem from like a form of like oppression um because even in a lot of minority you know ethnic cultures you do see a lot of uh you know 
these gender expectations. Um, there's like machismo culture and in, you know, black culture, you know, you, you don't, I mean, these people exist, but I'm just saying the way you have to present, the way you're expected to present, um, like, you know, I've got nothing against, you know, attraction to a very masculine female looking person. Uh, I like mask women, like, I think they're very attractive, but in but culturally, I think it's looked down upon kind of like if you're a little on the mask presenting side, trying to date someone who's also mask presenting, but you're both women. If you're both minorities, there is a little bit of a stigma to that. Um, I don't know why, but there is. Um, even if you're both gay, like it's kind of like one of those things where it's like that scene is like maybe too like a gay area that's not really too accepted even if it's like you're both masculine presenting women and it even if it's just a presentation thing um and you both just maybe have short haircuts and like to wear board shorts like like certain things like that where it's like it doesn't really matter but it's like I, I don't really know how to articulate that too clearly but um look around keep your eyes open you'll see what i mean um when you follow a lot of content you see it too um there's kind of a lot of pressure um on you know people of color um when you're kind of in a mask presenting space like when you're kind of more mask presenting you are a little more um you know, expected to be a little more, like, on the side, I don't know, I don't like using the word hard, but that's kind of what it is, you kind of give more of that, uh, presentation off, not to say that you even are, you can totally be a softie, but I do feel like, um, that that's expected of me sometimes, like, I think sometimes I surprise people, because they meet me, and I'm like, like, um, I'm not talking about, like, people off, the podcast type of stuff but I'm just saying like when I meet like friends of friends for example I think people are kind of like surprised that like I dress the way I do I am the race I am and then I'm just like I'm a little teddy bear man like I'm you know I'm harmless you know I feel bad when I kill spiders like I'm not you know I'm not like really like you know I can get angry I can be irritable but i you know, really do love people, and, you know, I'm friendly, I'm cautious, I, I kind of keep my distance, I can be a little reserved until I really know somebody, it takes me, like, probably, like, a over a year to kind of really get to know somebody, and kind of feel out their vibe, and see, like, do I really trust this person, um, and kind of, once I start seeing, like, the good and the bad, then I kind of can feel more comfortable, like, I'm never really comfortable when I first meet people and I don't really know the bad side of them or the things that, like, might be a little challenging for me to kind of cope with dealing with each other and stuff. Um, if I don't know that, then I'm kind of not going to be as comfortable um, as when I know. But I don't know if, if this is specifically as relevant for gender expression, but I feel like sometimes it kind of is because... 
I, I, I really don't know how to articulate it. I think just culturally, there is a lot of like expectation. Um, and even if you look at, say, the 90s or whatever you want to call it, like there are even movies. Okay, if you take movies like um, Dangerous Minds, for example, this is like an old movie, right? Um, and, uh, so Dangerous Minds, um, if you look at some of the clothing styles of some of the kids, the Latina and black women, uh, would dress either kind of more mask or femme. And there wasn't really any discussion about queerness necessarily, but it was like, you would see either like, maybe like the the you know the kind of chola style like the kind of baggy jeans the sports bra uh with the with the open flannel kind of thing or just like the uh baggy jeans with the closed flannel and that kind of thing versus like tightly fitted clothes like you see one or the other um you don't really see too much variation and um versus when you look at Michelle Pfeiffer you know she's a Caucasian woman with you know just you know high-waisted jeans like high-waisted fitted stonewashed mom jeans and like you know fitted knit shirts and stuff and so it's kind of like you look at the styles and you're like like I know there's an age difference but it's like you look at the styles and you're like the way that the white women were dressing was pretty distinctly different from the way that the minority women were dressing uh when you think about like younger age ranges of people and their styles um uh and i think that does carry into kind of modern day um you know there are these different styles um So, um, I think once I got into grad school, uh, not the first grad school that I graduated from, but the one where I was supposed to be getting a doctorate, um, when I started that school and I moved to San Diego, I basically came more into a professional look um now I used to wear like these Clark's kind of women's dress shoes they were like closed toed like I don't know what you call them like you could tell that they were a type of dress shoe but they were just one solid you know piece with like not even like a heel it was like a squared off like raised back to them like kind of like an inch maybe um I probably still have them I used to just like throw them in the trunk of my car in case I needed it for something I would usually wear like kind of like dress socks like black socks fitted jeans that weren't blue jeans so I'd have like khaki jeans brown jeans um black jeans usually those types of colors maybe some chinos that were fitted um, I would usually have those kind of long sleeve button downs from like Target. So it was kind of like, it wasn't quite masked, but it wasn't very femme. 
you know, and it was like, it looked professional enough, but the shoes were not it for me. I could have done without the shoes. Um, but that was the, the femmed up part for me. It's like, well, I'm wearing these clearly feminine shoes. I mean, I'm wearing socks too, but it's like, you know, nobody can really like, you know, cause the jeans were fitted too. So it was like, people couldn't really tell what was going on, but I wasn't wearing like pretty blouses and stuff. Like the shirts were very like, not mask, but like very just like button down. Like they didn't have like curvature to them necessarily. Um, but I was like a, a, a thinner size then, um, too. And that's something that brings me into kind of more, um, what I'm thinking about. Like nowadays, like from about 22, from, from about 2020, um, you know, I started having like gray hair. My weight was, was more weight. I'm curvier than I've ever been in my life. Um, and then, like, as far as, like, athletics and, like, injury-type things, um, you know, I definitely notice a difference. And, you know, when I think about grad school, so basically young adult college was basically ages about 18 to 28 or so, and or 18 to 26 or so. And then grad school was about, you know, because I did, like, two, maybe three, two to- two grad schools over about three years each so it was about uh ages 26 to 33 or so and then pretty much uh working in the field from about age 33 um up to now um and so having to think about career and dress choices at work um I mean, there were things about the dress code I didn't even know. I didn't know we couldn't wear sneakers. Um, You know, somebody else told me that. And then I kind of realized, oh, I kind of have a dress code for myself that nobody's really addressing. Nobody's really on my case about how I dress. You know, like I had a lot of open-minded people around me that just kind of, you know, I wasn't breaking rules, like dressing like weird, but, um, you know... I was just wearing what I was wearing. Um, uh, But after about age, like, I want to say around 30. No, I want to say closer to 33 is when I started um, gaining more weight. And then in 2020, just, you know, that that's probably the most drastic change I've noticed between 2020 and 2023 where I actually started feeling like I know that I need to take better care of my health because I actively started, you know, noticing, you know, mental, emotional, physical, you know, repercussions of just being too sedentary. You know, my job went to work from home and, you know, I was stuck in the house with all these people, you know, that I didn't want to really even be around. And it was around that time where I started, like, trying to fix my finances. So I had more opportunities and options of where to live because that kind of kept me stuck there, too, is because I was keeping such a low pay rate. Um, 
and not really tending to my credit score and all that kind of stuff. Like I was like I didn't have credit, but I was more into like loans, not so much credit cards. And the thing is about loans, I mean it's kind of the same thing, but um yeah, like I got into those like like installment loans where you're like basically you're paying them like three, four, five times the amount that you borrow. So it's like it doesn't ever make any sense. Like I would do that, I wouldn't budget, and I would just be like, Oh yeah, I'll have the money to pay it back right away. You know. And I take the max amount every time to it. It's like if I needed like an extra one or two hundred dollars, I didn't take just like the the low amount that I needed, I would take the max amount. It's like, ah, screw the one hundred dollars, let's get to two thousand, you know, it's like you know, and then like I was just being bad with money like it was a stress thing uh I, I didn't really control my spending because I was like overwhelmed and that's how I coped was spending partying basically I would go out too much and not pay attention to how much I was spending because I just wanted to party and just get my mind off things so um like we were partying like three four times a week uh you know, and that helped me get through the job, you know, just because I was like, you know, I was still grieving, you know, grieving the loss of a potential career path that I thought I was supposed to be on. Um, and, you know, it was a lot to deal with, you know, having to move on from that program. And, you know, I had friends there and social circles that I was, you know, connected to and, you know, um, I thought, you know, that those would be negatively impacted, whereas they weren't, I was actually able to still hang out with the same friends and that kind of thing. But I was, I was mostly worried that, you know, the life I created for myself with all my, you know, friends, my, you know, I had queer people around me, I had different types of people with different gender expressions around me, people who were open minded to queer spaces and, all that kind of stuff, and, you know, um, you know, uh, when I had to leave the school, and then I just started working, it took a while for me to cope with, with that, with that loss of that, uh, potential for the degree, and all these other things, um, it was just a lot, um, and so that contributed to the partying, too, like, just kind of trying to, like, get my head out of it um and just you know just I would only do one thing work and gym and I ate healthier at a certain point but I was definitely feeling like um knocked down by the experience uh when I look back I'm like uh I definitely grew a lot from that and I learned more about health and I think um actually when I look at I don't think it was really age 33. It must have been around age 30 or so that I actually started having more health concerns because I was in this school program. And that's when I started noticing all this extra stuff coming up um, around age 29, 30, somewhere around there. And so I didn't really start tending to it, you know, until... Um, cause that's, that's basically when I stopped going to the gym regularly, I started eating fast food all the time. 
I started, you know, having a cider at night to go to sleep. Um, and none of that was working in my favor. And that's probably the first time in my life that I got into those habits. Like, those were, like, the things I was doing. I'd never done that before in my life. Like, been so inactive and had alcohol involved as well. Like, it wasn't a lot, but I also wasn't tracking. But I remember I would buy, like, a six-pack of cider. um, And I remember it would help me calm my mind at the end of the night so I could just, like, knock out and go to sleep uh but it wasn't like I wasn't drinking like a six pack a night I don't think but I do think I did go from drinking maybe one to drinking more but how much was I drinking I don't I don't really actually know I don't think I bought that many six packs that often um but that's kind of where it started um and uh you know, I was just like, I need to sleep, and it helped me sleep, and I don't know where I learned that from, I may have heard it from clients, and they mentioned it, but I didn't really know about melatonin and that kind of stuff, I didn't really know about that kind of thing, um, I wasn't aware of how caffeine was affecting me, uh, the thing I did notice is that, you know, uh, like, I, I always kind of got cramps for the most part in my life, um, during, during periods and stuff, but the thing that I noticed the most was how much increased that pain would get, because I was like, this pain is never that bad, you know, and so, like, there were even, like, days where I had to, like, leave from class, or, like, not show up to class, like, a couple times that happened, and I remember being, like, in severe pain, and I was like, this is not normal, and it was because of the stress and the health and stuff like that, um, and then, you know, eventually, you know, I, I came across medical marijuana, um, and got a, got a card to be able to legally have it. And that helped my life a lot. Um, as far as being able to emotionally dive into things and work things out, um, and process things better, um, and sleep and that kind of thing. Um, so let's see. Um, but yeah, getting gray hair, you know, gaining weight. Um, one thing that kind of, uh, kept me, not kept me, but you know, my, you know, um, I have a, I have a great appreciation for sports Um, and like I mentioned, like I grew up playing sports and, you know, that is one thing that in our society is one of those things that kind of gives you brownie points with the mask stuff. Like I know a lot of guys who don't play sports, but they go to the gym and stuff like that. Um, but when there's guys that don't play sports, I feel like they kind of get a little, um, 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 I don't know. Like, I think they, maybe their masculinity gets challenged, uh, 
in a way and one friend my brother mentioned to me that one of my friends uh when they first uh started hanging out um you know mentioned you know when he was new to the school saying like oh yeah like you guys play a lot of sports you know and I didn't notice it but like we did and we were really into athletics I think we all just liked the way it felt and we all had our crews like there were like the guys that were really good that would all play together there were the the people who weren't that good that would play together and then there were just the other people who just didn't play sports at all pretty much and so it was like you know you know we had like you know we would play kind of co-ed too um and we would play a lot uh and we had a fun time and you know this was pretty much through high school and you know a lot of my friends would skate rollerblade surf you know a lot of us played soccer um we were really into athletics and stuff and i think I kind of stopped getting into athletics. Not that I was stopping getting into it, but I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. But one time that I stopped was my third year, I think, in grad school at Cal State LA. Uh, my last year, because I started staying late, and so I no longer wanted to like park off campus and like walk by myself at night in that area so I would start parking on campus and that took out about 45 minutes of my day's worth of walking um so I stopped doing that and stopped playing sports um the year before that was my last year playing sports league um and I stopped playing sports and uh like stopped playing like uh you know, uh, team sports. Uh, but I still, I think right when I graduated, I started going to the gym and that summer all the way through, um, I think I started working like November of that year when I graduated and I was doing like P90. It was, yeah, I was back when P90X wasn't that old yet. I was doing P90X. Um, I think i did tap out insanity like I had like those three kind of in a cycle those types of workouts to be able to have access to doing because I had some friends who shared them with me and I had copies that I didn't pay for but basically um I would do those workouts and found them very effective and I did that all the way until that next year and I think sometime during that year I you know, I think I worked at this job all the way till September, no, till June or May of that next year. Um, and then I think I stopped working out once. I don't know if I stopped working out, actually, because I think I got into San Diego, a school in San Diego. Um, I remember going to an interview in April and then... Um, I'm just going by what clothing sizes I know I wore because I remember what I wore when I went there. So I wasn't really too out of shape then. And then when I first moved there and moved into an apartment with my first roommate there with his kid, um, I would go to the gym every day almost. Um, there was this gym at like the Westfield and Mission Valley. Um, I would go to that gym a lot. It was at the mall. I would always park by the Target, get some groceries, you know. 
to go to the go to the gym. Um, not I don't know if I went every day, but I think I did. And then I think my second year um of grad school in San Diego is maybe when I stopped going to the gym. But that's when all those other habits started creeping in. Um, the bad habits. And then from that point I stayed kind of out of shape until I don't know when but I know there was a time when we started doing workouts at at work um and I used to do those once a week and that would get me in the gym a couple times a week because I was like well I don't want to be around my coworkers and friends at work and like not able to do these 50 minute long workouts you know um some were intensive some weren't but I was like a little bit competitive like I was like I don't want to be the worst one you know um I don't want to be the one who can't like do however many reps they say or however many sets we're doing I don't want to have to sit out a set because I'm like out of breath or whatever so I would like have a snack like an hour before and I remember having a little bit of c4 and things and I would just do the workout you know it was usually like Mondays or something like that like 15 minutes after work would end we would just start the workout and just work out to like six or so um so we would do that workout and then they changed it into like a cooking class but I did it and then there was a certain period where the where the trainer would come and then I just stopped going so that was a time period where I also wasn't working out so I probably went quite a few years uh, during my seven years working with this program of not really working out too much. And then I think um, I did get into decent shape in 20, uh, in like 2021, uh 2021 snowboard season because that's when I went to Taos New Mexico and I did really well there um 2022 was not a good season um like coming like from about November 2021 into April of 2022 that was the worst period of fitness I've ever had in my life um and it definitely has screwed my self-esteem on a lot of different levels when I realized how easily injured I was getting how much I wasn't able to kind of like do the cardio and the the elevation and the, you know just the flexibility and you know I definitely noticed the toll that it took to not really routinely get exercise um and I feel like it was really only like a year that I wasn't exercising much like, I would go on walks, like, mild walks and stuff, but I, I did actually have maybe, like, two years or so where I didn't really cook much. I was mostly eating takeout, and I think there was a lot of fast food in there, too. Um, sometimes I wasn't really paying attention. Like, I might have thought, oh, this is, like, a healthier version, but it might not have been really healthier. Um, it just might have seemed healthier. And so, um, and someone brought that to my attention. I, there was a, there was someone that was on Instagram that was doing training and it was like a queer 
person and I kind of did the consultation and we started talking about food and um you know I mentioned like I eat pho and stuff like that and then the person was like yo that's still kind of like fast food you know and I was just like really um and they kind of I kind of felt like insulted by it like I just wasn't ready to to change that you know I felt like you know I don't really want to change the way I eat uh because at that time it wouldn't have been easy for me to change the way I eat because I was living with people and didn't want to be in the kitchen cooking with them so a lot of things like that really contributed um to what I experienced these days and you know the athletic thing is something that you know kind of is related to the kind of mask bit of energy it's it's just kind of like that not that desire kind of like the willingness to compete not even if I'm gonna win or whatever but just kind of like being in a space where you know you're like training and competing and stuff like that there's something about that that's kind of got like people attach you know masculine energy to that so even see females that are like professionals you know in not even athletics but even if you think about careers you know for myself being in the psych field most of my life you know I was mostly around a lot of females you know in the work especially once we got to the clinical side out of the research there were a whole lot more females and a lot of them are like very like driven you know females and corporations run by females you know it's like they're females at the top you know my bosses have been females um and you know a lot of them are athletic a lot of them are you know they're very organized and when I I would say that I definitely looked up to a lot of them like they would be like for sure femme you know a lot of them too but also just like the the drive and the motivation um and how they would kind of like I don't know if you would call it compete but in a way it was like yeah they were out there you know they would compete like doing grant proposals and like you know making sure that we were reaching our goals and like our site was like doing things good and like better than other sites and stuff like that like we would you know uh we were basically a company run by young younger age women like I had some bosses that turned 30 you know um not all my bosses were 30 when I when I started working like there were bosses I had that were in their 20s um I had bosses maybe a couple years older than me a couple years younger than me um a lot of us are like similar age and we could hang out and go out for well not the bosses but like um people who eventually became bosses you know before they were bosses we were hanging out and going out and stuff so yeah there was definitely a lot of um you know gender related stuff going on and then I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about was the emotional expression piece is um you know a lot of times with uh gender you know uh females are typically known or said to have better communication but I think it's because most of the guys I know are kind of like in the psych space 
I'd say most of the guys I know have really good communication skills. Um, um, I mean, I know men who do and women who do. I know men who don't and women who don't. I can't say if one gender I know communicates better than the other. I would honestly say when I think about open-mindedness, the people that I knew who didn't grow up ultra-religious, I feel like their style of communication is a little more effective and open-minded and not so much like um, they don't get like their egos bruised as easily when there's something that they don't disagree with um, or that they don't agree with and when there's like um, a little bit of like you know I feel like they kind of are able to kind of like handle themselves carry themselves better without like starting debates and starting fights and arguments and you know I don't know if I've noticed it really gender I've noticed it more like the culture of just like people needing to be right and all that kind of stuff um uh that definitely plays into it and just the open-mindedness uh for me is a style of communication just in general uh I think it creates more trust um for me anyways I have a better experience trusting people when they're really open-minded so um but yeah I don't think it's all about clothing like these are all the things that I'm kind of mentioning and the reason why the weight kind of gets to me is because you know having a curvier shape it's like Sometimes I'm like, oh, there's some shirts that I might want. And now I'm like shopping in the larges versus shopping in the mediums. And it's like, and they're like guy cut shirts. So now they're like soup, like the arms are long and the, you know, the bottom of it is long just so it can fit like my chest and stomach versus like before, you know, I was able to fit mediums a lot better. So right now I'm kind of just working on my fitness for snowboarding and weight related things and uh you know um my goal is to get my cardio up uh uh, I don't want to do it but I might I might start doing two a days um just because I know that does help me but I do need to get my day going because I need to eat breakfast and um, I need to eat breakfast and get on with my morning. But that's it for now. Thanks for listening.